So, not a Saturday, not a very busy day, but Tuesday, still a day of work, and we've got one of the um, notorious call-outs, and uh, this is actually kind of a good one, because uh, the person called out an hour before their shift, so they were scheduled for four, um, chef got a call at three from the person's brother, um, pretending to be the person. So he said, I am Dimitri, uh, so that the hostess doesn't say Dimitri's brother is on line one. So she just says Dimitri. So when the chef picked up, the brother explained to him that, uh, Dimitri got detained by the, uh, New Jersey's bravest, or no, finest, whatever, wherever the fuck the cops are, um, I got detained by them, and that he won't be able to come into work at five, but he will be able to come into work a little bit later. So like, um, let's say seven. Now, I don't know if anyone's familiar with how the judicial system works uh, or the jail system works, but if you know anything about Hawaii time, which is like their own time at their own pace, this is Hawaii time if it had Down syndrome and was walking backwards, uphill, through molasses, um, wearing a fucking mine, like a landmine around their necks or some shit, I don't know. Basically, it's the slowest possible thing in the world. And the people that work in the jails, they have to go to work every day and they have to go to jail. Literally, they have to go to jail every day to work and see inmates that don't wanna be there and they have to go there. So the inmates have to go there, but then the people that work there have to go there. So in order for them to keep their existence alive and and like what they do and still cling on to a little bit of power they have, they try to keep you there for as long as you can. They'll tell you that it's because they don't want you coming back, but that's not true at all. They want you to come back because they want to see you be miserable, just as miserable as they are. So when someone posts bail at 5 p.m., that someone will not be getting out until about 9 p.m., maybe 10, if they're lucky. If they post bail at 9 a.m., maybe, perhaps, maybe they'll get out at 3 p.m., maybe. It depends on shift changes, who's working, how they're doing it, all that kind of uh, awesome, awesome, delicious stuff. And uh, that's exactly what happened to this person. So this person was scheduled at five o'clock to close, which is about one in the morning, but three. Person showed up at um, 11.45 p.m. So just six hours and 45 minutes late to their shift. I mean, hey, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, six and a half hours. What's the, what's the difference, right, guys? Um, but at least he fucking showed up. He fucking came in to work for the last 15 minutes, tried his best to close the restaurant, laughed off any other arguments, despite probably having no sleep because he was in fucking jail the whole day. I can imagine that being fun. And uh, after posting $1,000 bail. So, although this is a legendary fucking call out of ridiculousness, I'm not gonna chalk it up to um, stupidity, other than the fact that the person was stupid enough to get pulled over in the first place. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. And the funniest thing about that one is that one was me. <laughs> I did that. I made that call out. My brother called the chef and said, hey bro, I'm going to be late, but I'm not really me. I'm his brother. He's going to be late. And then I was late. And here I am driving on the West Side Highway at 1130 
on the dot, about to turn onto 48th Street because I am running a little bit late to work. And by a little bit, I mean six hours and 45 minutes. Yay! Let's talk about jail for a second. Now, unfortunately, I've been to more than one type of these establishments. And I've seen similarities, differences, but predominantly I've seen um, innovation and ingenuity. When people are in jail, it's because they break the law and they get caught. But in order for you to break the law, you already have to have a mindset of doing something that's not allowed or not smiled upon. So in order for you to do that and get caught, you already have to have a different mindset than nine to five robots that never, you know, speed or park parallel or put fake tickets on their on their windshield so that the parking meter thinks they already put a ticket. That way you don't get a ticket. Um, but when you put a bunch of those people together in one building and you give them limited resources what you'll see is innovation. So for instance, if the shower pressure's low or if the shower cap's not working, because that's usually always the case in prison um, or jail, they put a little bit of a glove on it, like the index finger of a glove on the tip of the shower, and it makes it spread the water around more instead of just having one stream. Innovation, things like that. Things like keeping the yolks of everyone's breakfast eggs hard-boiled eggs because they're disgusting they're like gross and blue and overcooked and chilled and but if you get a couple of guys to give you the yolks or just give you the eggs and then you cut them in half you save the relish from hot dog night you know what i mean and you take a little packet of the beef um ramen noodles just this flavor packet you combine that with the egg yolks and the relish in a little container with a spork put it in a plastic baggie rip a hole in the plastic baggie and then squirt them into the whites you have yourself deviled eggs delicious might i add deviled eggs oh and mustard too from the hot dog night so innovation in jail is amazing if you want to get drunk in jail all you have all you need is a apple juice and some and a honey bun a bottle of apple juice and a honey bun you just literally combine the two together you know take an empty bottle half juice half juice Stuff the honey bun in, close the cap, leave it for three days. That's the hardest part in jail, is hiding it for three days so no one sees it. Um, but then, yeah, you have yourself a little bit of hooch. That's it. Simple, you know? Limited resources. How do you light a match in jail if you don't have any matches and you're not allowed fire or anything like that? Well, if you have an outlet and a pencil, you can make yourself a match. If somebody's cool enough to sneak nicotine or tobacco in their ass... And you can smoke some ass tobacco. Yeah. So innovation uh, just goes to show that when a person is pushed to the limits where he has to or she has to survive, they could come up with pretty creative things given the amount of time alone in solitude. Yeah. So I would apply those methods in the restaurant a lot. It's called uh, ghetto rigging or um, a worse term, but... Ghetto rigging is good. I like that. I don't like using derogatory racial terms. Even though a ghetto is probably racial, but not really because a ghetto can be found anywhere. 
there's ghettos in Israel, there's ghettos in um, China, you know, so, not just for the black people, I love you guys, um, but yeah, jail, man, craziness, craziness, another thing I've noticed in jail is, never judge a book by its cover, you never know that the sweet, innocent looking 80 year old um, Ecuadorian man had more heroin than everyone else combined in his truck when he was driving it across the border. Yeah, crazy shit. And the guy that yells really loud at everyone and the bully is actually really gay. Just trying to hide it. Never know. Don't judge a book by its cover and try to be innovative. Okay, jail talk over. Valentine's Day. Let's talk about Valentine's Day for a second, or just listen, I'm going to talk. Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, and New Year's Eve are the three holidays that you should not, I repeat, you should not fucking go out unless you want to do the elbow-to-elbow, two-hour wait thing with a bunch of amateurs that don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's, it's a nightmare. Um, I don't understand why people are programmed to go out on those days exactly and celebrate at a restaurant that they wait two hours for and pay lots of money for and it's going to be the busiest day of the restaurant's kitchen so the kitchen is not going to be functioning as well as it could be had it not been such a busy day, you know, ipso facto, yada yada. Now, most people double book reservations means they'll, they'll make a reservation at one restaurant, then another one, another one, and then they decide to which they want to go, which is great. You guys suck, but it's okay. We know that it's coming. What I don't understand is why they have to go out on that day. This year, uh, Valentine's fell on a Friday, so everyone fucking bundled up together. We had 1,200 covers on the books. That's right, 1,200. We do have a very busy restaurant. I'm not making this shit up. Um, 1,200 covers within five, six hours of service. You do the math. Saturday, which was yesterday, we had 1,400 covers on the books. We didn't see all those 1,400s because of the double bookings, like I said. However, we did see a lot of people. And wouldn't you know it, we got a call out. Ah, uh, we got a call out. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, it's not a call out. It was half and half. One guy came in an hour late, said that he texted someone else that works for the restaurant to tell a sous chef, a manager, that wasn't even there. So, Bob calls Dole, or rather, Bob texts Dole and says, Hey, Dole. Blah, 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 blah. Tell Joe I'm not going to come in right on time. I'm going to be a little late. Now, when I was late to work, I'm late to work all the time. Uh, nowadays, it's not that, more, not that important because I'm in a salary position and I kind of manage my time. But when I was an hourly, if I were 15 minutes late to work, I would call whoever I knew that was management. And if not, you call the restaurant. Every fucking restaurant is going to tell you to call the restaurant. No chef wants to get a text message from a worker saying he's late. He'd rather have the hostess come up and say, hey, somebody's on the phone for you. Oh, shit. If you follow all the 
instructions of how to call out or call in late, you're going to be fine. You're not going to get fired unless you do it like a thousand times or you just blatantly disrespect. So this motherfucker called out like once every other week on a Saturday, right? So um, we're like, all right, this is enough's enough. Like we're going to have to, we got to put a kibosh on this. Like we got to fire this guy. It's ridiculous. This guy says he was at a doctor's office, right? His his uh, note was an index card, like a study card, with a bunch of scribble on it, which actually looked like a doctor's handwriting, but it had, the dates were changed. So the dates were changed from two years ago to this year, on an index card, not an official doctor's note or a hospital form. It's a fucking index card. And he crossed out the date. He didn't write it out. He didn't write a new index card, trace it. Like, he crossed out the date blatantly and just put, like, yesterday's date. I wasn't there, so I don't know what they what he said when they asked him about it, or even if they asked him about it, but, yeah. So, that was that. We got rid of him, fucking finally. Jesus. The other kid texts a co-worker to tell another co-worker, guys, do me a favor. If you're going to call out of work, if you guys are an hour release listening to this shit, and you want to call out of work, just do it the right fucking way. Just call the restaurant, ask to speak to a manager, and then... Tell the manager what's going on. If it's three hours before your shift, you should be in the clear. You could call out a thousand fucking times if you have a thousand valid reasons three hours before your shift. But I understand if you're trying to get to work and you're going to call out 20 minutes before your shift and say, hey, listen, I'm running a little late. I got stuck up in traffic, blah, 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 blah. But I find myself in this restaurant that I'm working doing the same job as the hostess does, which is call the reservations to confirm that they're coming. But instead of calling guests, I'm fucking calling employees. Carlos, will you be coming into work today? You have a reservation at the fry station at 8 o'clock. Should we hold the fry station for you? Should we open it for you? Or should we just not expect you to come? It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Another guy was legitimately sick the whole fucking shift. Like, just dragging ass, just sweating, all kinds of foul, like, things, which is way, way, way against health department codes. Like, health department says if the guy farts the wrong way, you got to send him home for a week. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Uh, but it's not realistic in an actual restaurant life because that doesn't happen. I've worked sick. I've worked hungover. I've worked still drunk, sick, and hungover all at the same time. There's, there's a lot of conditions under which I've worked, and worked okay. Like, I wasn't superb, but I was okay. So this guy comes in, and he looks like shit, and I see that, and he's dragging ass all day, and he finally dips early because we let him go. And then he, I say, tell him, listen, bro, if you're going to call out tomorrow, call me early. I don't want to hear this shit at 3 o'clock when you're in at 3 that you can't come in. So this guy actually texts me in the morning and says, I'm going to rest my body, blah, 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 blah. So now fucker that texts his friend is running late, so I'm, I'm calling the fucker to figure out where the fuck he is, if he's coming into work, if we got to figure something out, and I accidentally dialed the number of the dude that was already called out, I don't know if you guys are with me, there's two people on the same day, their names were next to each other on the call list, so I called the guy by accident, and he picks up the phone, hello, and I said, hello, hello, I'm Carlos, who is this? I was like, it's Dimitri from work. I was on speakerphone with another chef. Chef Chris and Chef Dimitri from work. Oh, 
his voice changes from low to immediately, as if he got the black plague in a second. So, okay, needless to say, whatever. I'm like, I'm sorry, man, I didn't, I didn't mean to call you. I meant to call Carlos, but where's Carlos? I mean, why are you asking where Carlos is? None of your fucking business where Carlos is. You already called out your home safe. Shut up. Take the L or the W, however you want to see it, and go home and stay home. Please, guys. All right? Carlos finally walks in, and it's like no remorse. Like, when I was late to work, I would feel remorse. I would feel bad. I would feel terrible that I didn't come in on my scheduled time. I would feel like everyone's fucking pissed at me. I would have to work double hard today to get my station ready to get everything going. This guy walks in like he fucking owns the joint. Starts laughing and shit, talking with his buddies. I'm like, what the fuck are you laughing at, bro? He's like, whoa, whoa, I can't laugh. And I was like, you can laugh if you come in at 3 o'clock. Oh, hurt chef, hurt chef. So here we are, we're working, we're chilling, we're doing our thing. And the kid accidentally burns somebody. Burns somebody with a, with a fucking uh, tray. Doesn't do it on purpose, just burns somebody. The guy, of course, we burned is Mr. Macho. I've been at the restaurant for 19 years, and I'm still a saute cook. I know how to fillet a Dover sole with my eyes closed and with a dildo in my ass backwards, but I don't know how to cook a steak medium rare because I've never even touched a grill. 19 years in the restaurant. Burns that guy. Guy gets pissed, walks off. Walks mid-service, just walks off. It's not a third-degree burn. It's not a fucking muffler of a motorcycle on your calf. It's not a radiator on your fucking face. It's a fucking tray of out of an oven that was probably about 400 degrees. 400 degree burn with a piece of metal. I can hold a tray with a piece of metal with my hand for like a second or two. Without, you know, it's going to hurt, but still. You know what I'm saying. Guy comes back. I don't know what the fuck he took. What he did when he was on break. Or his... Whatever. Guy comes back, right? And... He's completely out of whack. Like, he's dropping shit. I'm like, Papa Caesar. His name is Papa Caesar because he's old as fuck. Papa Caesar. What the hell's wrong? You okay? Yes, Chef, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just, the burn is really throwing me off. The burn is throwing you off? What do you mean? So he lifts up his hand to show me where he got burned, and he knocks over a bunch of sauces. Not hot, but sauces. One of them was Borderlays, which is a uh, veal demi, veal stock with reinforcers with red wine and a whole bunch of other aromatics that make, make it smell delicious and taste delicious. However, instead of falling on food, the sauces fell on the person next to the sauces, which is another station, it's called the cutter. Fell on the cutter. So now, I've got Papa Caesar burned, so trying to show me where his burn is, knocks over the sauces, sauces spill all over this guy. Everywhere, head to toe, he's fucking drenched in border lace. He smells like a salami that's been dipped in red wine and aged. It's ridiculous. It got into his wallet. It got into his phone. It got into his passport. Everything. Everything that he had on him was drenched in borderlands. So he runs into the office. Again, don't know why that thought pattern happened. Why the fuck would you go to the bathroom or a locker room or any other place but the fucking office? So he goes into the office. Starts taking his clothes off. Because he's drenched in borderlands. That part I understand. But you're in an office, guy. No knock on the door. Oh, comes in a hostess. Hostess comes in. He's standing there in his boxes. Hostess goes, ooh. Ooh, like that. Ooh. Like she was excited to see him, but surprised. And then closes the door. He proceeds to do the thing. 
he didn't know how to use a three seashells demolition man. So I fucking gave him uh, three towels. One wet, soaked wet with water and soap, one moist, and one dry. And let me tell you, folks, if you work in the restaurant industry, especially back of the house, and you don't know how to take a, three, a shower with three towels, one soaked with soap, one moist, and one dry, then you need to reassess your shit. Also, if you've never used plastic wrap or saran wrap as a belt, you don't work in the restaurant industry. I don't give a fuck what you say. You're not true. All right? So this guy is fucking drying himself off, washing himself off with these towels. Uh, he threw his T-shirt in the garbage. Like, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a mess. Knock on the door like it's the fucking cops. Zoom, 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 zoom. Opens the door, comes the manager. Did your fucking line cook flash my hostess? I'm like, flash your hostess? What do you mean, flash? Like, he gave her the finger? And he goes, no. He showed his genitals to the hostess. I'm like, bro, I was standing right here. She came in, she went, woo, and she left. There was no genitals. The guy was changing his clothes. He's got barley sauce all over. Fucking office smells like a smokehouse. With drunk people in it. Apparently, the guy had a boxer. He was wearing boxers with no button. You know, just a little, how you doing? And his fucking nutsack was hanging out of his boxers. And that's what the hostess saw. She runs over to tell the manager. Manager comes in. It's a big HR dispute. This is one of those things that I referred to earlier in the podcast is saying, guys, just fucking handle your shit internally. Don't get everything involved. Like, we could have gotten a hostess there and explained what happened. It's such a big restaurant, so much stuff going on, that they didn't have time. So now, I have to go to a meeting in a fucking courtroom with a lawyer to talk about how this guy was cleaning borderlays off of his balls, and the hostess thinks he flashed him. That's not the best part. The best part is they're hooking up now. They're a fucking item. Hostess and Borderlays guy are an item. Papa Caesar still burned somewhere. Oh, my God. You can't make this shit up. It's fucking crazy. How are you going to do that? How are you going to flash your balls to the hostess? Later on, he told me that he did it on purpose. I don't believe it, but he said he did it on purpose because he wanted that girl and he saw you know. I'm like, you should at least show her your dick. Why are you going to show her your balls? What's the balls going to do? Girls love balls, apparently. I don't know why, but I guess they do. Sure, whatever. Long story short, I'm, it's still going on, this debate. Even though they're hooking up, they're an item now, it's still a fucking HR dispute with corporate. There's people are still sending me emails asking me questions. Have we resolved this matter? I'm about to walk in on the two guys fucking. Not two guys, but the guy and the girl fucking. In dry storage, take a picture of it and send it to HR and be like, yes, it's fucking resolved. There might be a resolution, baby, to this. I don't even know where I was going with this uh, with this whole rant. It was just a story of what happened yesterday, literally. And it was so busy, and then, then, then all these things happen in the restaurant. It's craziness. Craziness. Like, like you, you cannot imagine the shit that goes on on a daily basis inside of a restaurant that's super busy. The shit that the shit that gets overlooked, the shit that gets swept under the rug, the shit that doesn't just nobody knows about. Like I don't even know. Probably sixty percent of the things that happen on shift when I'm there because I'm not everywhere. Who's drinking in the back? Who's smoking in the front? Who's fucking downstairs in uh, dry storage? You know what I mean? How many steaks fell on the floor, got picked up and put back? If I see, just for the record, if I see one, I stop it immediately, I throw it in the trash. It's disgusting. I serve food for Christ's sakes. I'm not a fucking monster. 
But not necessarily other people don't do it. Jesus Christ. Then the owners come in, right? And these guys are the most, they're the most ridiculous people. If, if the, the owners owners of any restaurant or, or proprietors of any restaurant or bar can sense the light bulb out from like three miles away. So they could be like driving towards the restaurant and they'll be like, oop, light bulb's out. It's like that Family Guy episode where they touch the thermostat. So as long as you have all your light bulbs in, you can drop as many fucking steaks on the floor as you want and they won't give a fuck. Which is like crazy. Right? Dude calls out the other day. <clears throat> he says he got into a car accident. I say, you okay? He says, yeah. He says, is your car okay? He goes, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. I don't know if I'll be able to drive. And I was like, well, how are you going to get to work tomorrow? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, if you want, I'll give you a ride. You know, if you're on my way up, I'll pick you up. That'll give me a, that'll give me a glimpse of his car to see how fucking much he's lying. He goes, no, 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 we'll figure it out. I said, come on, man, let's go pick you up. It's fine. It's a big deal. Are you fucking lying to me about your car? So you get super defensive. No, I'm fucking lying. I'm a fucking lying. I'm a fucking lying. I ain't lying. I ain't lying with shit. I have a car. My car's fucked up. I can't drive it. You want to tell me I'm lying? I was like, relax there, fella. I'm not calling you out for a fucking duel. I'm calling you yellow. Hold the umbrella, Ella, Ella. So... Long story short, he never got into a car accident. He didn't even have a ding on his car. He drove into work the next day, and we fired him. Because it's at the point in time where I am sick and tired of people not making effort and making excuses. Like, if you're going to be an excuser, a person that makes excuses, well, I call them bitches. If you're going to be a bitch, then at least be a bitch strategically, smart, you know, with some style. Don't just fucking scribble out. I got this piece of index card at the date two years ago and write today's date. What the fuck is wrong with you? You crashed your car, have the decency to hit it with a baseball bat so there's a fucking dent on it. The shit you wasted will cost you a hundred bucks to fix the dent. Jesus Christ. I've never called out this much in my life. I don't like work either. I hate work. Everyone hates work. I mean, I like what I do, so it's not like bad, but I don't like working. I want to stay home and get paid. Or do whatever I get paid. But shit, man, calling out like this is like, wow. And they know, too, on Saturday. No one calls out on Mondays. No one calls out on Wednesdays when it's super slow. Just Saturdays. Saturdays and Sundays are the big call-out days. And don't you fucking tell me for a second that you have a 9-to-5 life. Because if you work in the restaurant industry, you don't know any library to hang out with on a Saturday night. I'm sorry. You don't. You know other bartenders, other cooks, other servers, other bussers. Etc. Because that is what happens in the restaurant industry. You spend so much time with the people that you're with, you have nothing left to do but to go out with them and become one of them. That's why it's called the industry. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of industries that are called the industry, but the industry in this case is hospitality. Everyone in hospitality isn't very hospitable, actually. They're actually kind of bitter and annoying and fucking angry at the world because all they have to do all day, especially in front of the house, kudos to you servers, is to kiss ass of people that they don't really want to get. There's a verbal tip. There's something called a verbal tip in a restaurant, right, in front of the house. And you're serving the table, and the, the, the host of the table, usually the fat, overweight guy that doesn't speak English because he's from Germany or Czechoslovakia or some bullshit like that. But you're saying, hey, man, this guy's giving me a lot of compliments. He's saying I'm doing really well, so... I might get more than 15%, which is actually really good because most people leave like 10 if they're like that. 
So the verbal tip is, consists of that. It, it's numerous uh, compliments throughout the service, and then a step out of the way of the person or the guest to shake your hand and say one more time how good of a server you were. Now, to judge a verbal tip how much of it is going to be, it's how many fucking times they compliment you and blah, 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 blah. No one ever, ever gives a verbal tip to a manager. Like, they will never see, I want to see your manager. Let me tell your manager how great you are. You know, blah, 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 blah. At least that way you would get some kudos in the restaurant. But a verbal tip usually just consists of a bunch of that followed by a 10% tip. What the fuck? 10% after all that fucking grace? I don't need your words. I can't tell my landlord, hey, man, you're a really great landlord, and just give him 500 bucks. My rent's 1600 I got to pay the whole shit or I'm out on the street. What the fuck? It's ridiculous. Okay, but then the other thing, actually, this is why I started the podcast. I remember now. I have a friend. Well, he's not my friend. He's an acquaintance, someone I know, that was going to my location of the restaurant from another state. And he said, hey, D, I was in Florida at the time. He was in Florida. He was going to New York. Hey, D, I want to go into this restaurant. You know, can you, uh, you know, put your name out for me? I said, sure, man, of course. You seem like a nice guy. Like, what am I going to say, No. So I called the restaurant, I made a reservation for him, he shows up, and he's a prep cook, mind you, just cuts tomatoes, peels asparagus, shit like that. Sends all of the steaks back, because they were undercooked, all of their steaks back. Starts telling the server and the manager of the busiest restaurant in the country, the busiest steakhouse on the planet, how the lobster mac and cheese should be stringy, and this one is not. Man, he is so fucking lucky that I was not there. I was still in Florida when this happened, so I didn't really want to say anything to him. I was probably there with his girlfriend or his boyfriend or his fucking dog trying to impress them. I don't know. But just a piece of advice for you guys, if you're in the fucking food service industry, if you are part of the hospitality industry, you're going to a restaurant that is part of the chain for which you work and is going to hook you up with at least 50% off, if not everything, have the common fucking decency to shut your fucking Jew mouth. Sorry. I'm sorry. But your greedy fucking mouth and eat the food that's been bestowed on you for free. Not only did he not do that, he fucking left $40 on $400, 400 bucks. They count his whole check. It was free. The entire meal was free for four people. $400 check. He left $40. Man, if I ever see this guy in person again, it depends on what mood I'm going to be in, but I'm going to either slap the shit out of him or headbutt him in the face. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to let this one slide because that's just not some shit you do, guys. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't complain at the restaurant. Don't complain. Stop. Shut up. You chose to come here. You sat down. Your service wasn't as good as you hoped it would be. Shut the fuck up. Just don't come back. Be the customer or the guest that never returns. But don't be the fucking Yelper that takes six hours or however long it takes to write a Yelp review that's 16 fucking pages long. And I've seen those. Like, do you want to be a calm writer for the New York Times? Go write a column for the New York Times. Don't sit on Yelp and bash things you don't know that exist. 
sucks. 